reading friends. This is HM Loves Books and Writing. I'm Holly Millward. I'm a reader and a writer. This is episode five of my podcast series. Um, it's been a few weeks since I have worked on a podcast, and part of the reason for that is because I've been working on a new book that I'm really excited about. And so I thought today I might do something a little bit different and do a reading for you of what I'm working on. Um, so I will go ahead and, and do that and you can see what I have been doing. Prologue, The Prince's Brides Every spring, the prince chooses a bride. Every year, her people whisper she'll be dead by fall. It has been like that for 350 brides. Not years, mind you, for the first spring, when the fae prince first rode forth seeking a bride from the mortal realm, no one knew to be wary. That year, the people of the bride's kingdom celebrated, believing the union would bless their lands. How could it not? The bounty and magic of the fae was marveled at by the fae's mortal neighbors. In those days, the veils between kingdoms were thin, and if a fae lord meant to take a mortal wife, it must mean he meant to share his abundance with them. No one knew the prince would return a year later, demanding another bride, refusing to disclose the fate of the first. And yet, on the morning of the second choosing, as would be the case for the next three and a half plus centuries, ten families would wake to find the summons on their door. The missive was always addressed to the maiden, penned on the finest vellum in a script of elegant gold. The prince called it an invitation, but the people soon realized it wasn't a suggestion so much as it was an order. Each maiden named in the lovely flowing calligraphy was called to assemble in the ancient cathedral at the appointed hour, always shortly after dusk, to be inspected by the prince. The bridegroom would select one of the women. He would marry her in the same cathedral on the same evening. The couple would glide away in his coach of glass and gilded gold, surrounded by a gleaming contingent of armored fey warriors. No one would ever see or hear from the bride again. Three years after the first bride vanished, five of the maidens refused to gather for the choosing. That year, the prince did not select a bride. He rode off in his coach alone, and by daybreak, all ten of the maidens were dead. As if in morning, the spring rain would not cease. The rivers overflowed their banks and flooded the muddy fields. The crops were planted late. Spring gave way to summer, but sun seemed not to know the difference. The plants moldered, the fruits and vegetables withered on sickened vines. What survived of the wheat was consumed by the locusts. Hunger and disease stalked the villages, and when frost came to spread his icy fingers over the darkened window panes, he was early. The snows quickly followed. Entire families were demolished. Those that survived did it by means none of them would later admit to. Some stole from their weaker neighbors. Others murdered to add a few rotting roots to their meager stores. Some haunted the graveyards, harvesting the flesh of their deceased friends for food. It was a terrible, cursed year. The next spring, the king of the mortal kingdom met the fae prince on the border of their lands. For the second year, there would be no bride. The king's own daughter had perished the spring before, having refused to heed the prince's summons. The queen died of grief soon after. 
When the king met the prince, he came with an army, for he blamed the prince for his losses. By sunrise, the king, that year's ten maidens, and most of the king's army were dead. The next year, there were hardly ten women of the necessary age left alive to answer the call. Still, the ten assembled, a bride was chosen, and the, and the year that followed was bounteous. The people fattened and gave thanks. The next spring, they remembered. All ten women assembled for the choosing. It would be another century before there would be a year without a bride. That year, a wealthy merchant refused to send his daughter, for he had plans to marry her to the prince of the mortal realm. No official engagement had been announced, and neither the mortal prince nor the mortal maiden much cared for the match. Yet the merchant was crafty and rich, and instead of sending his daughter, he paid another father to send another daughter in her place. When the impostor arrived at the cathedral, dressed in the merchant's daughter's gowns, the summons in her hand, no mortal man or woman could tell the difference. But the prince knew, and again that year, he didn't choose a bride. As always, death and destruction followed. After that, no one bothered to try to trick or elude him. Centuries passed. The people say the prince has never changed. They say he's never cared. I know the last is a lie. The first time I saw him was shortly after my parents died, perhaps because I was only a child and the worst thing I could imagine had already happened to me, I dared to hide and wait for his arrival. I did the same every spring for ten years after that, too. The streets were always empty when his carriage pulled up to the church. From my hiding place, I would watch him get out of the carriage. He moved swiftly toward the cathedral, flanked by his fearsome warriors. He was dressed in the finest velvet. He looked beautiful, cool, and remote. But then, he stopped in front of the door. He took a deep breath to steady himself. It seemed as if going inside pained him. My people say he's evil, but they say the same of me. Not because I've ever harmed any of them, but because they don't understand me. I wonder if they hate the prince for the same reason. This morning, I received his summons. As many women before me, I will go and report for inspection. If I'm selected, I will become his bride. And that wraps up the fifth episode of my podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. I hope you enjoyed a little sample of what I've been working on. I'm really excited about this story. Um, it's really moving along quickly too. Um, so hopefully I will have it, um, the book completed after not too long. It's only been a couple of weeks that I've been working on it, but it's flowing along um, really, really well. Well, have a good evening, readers, and again, thanks for listening. Bye!